Genesis chapter 6. I'd like just to read a little bit. So if you'll open your Bibles to Genesis chapter 6, we'll begin to read verse 1. I had a good time studying this today, so I pray it'll be a blessing to you. Genesis chapter 6, verse 1. And it came to pass when men began to multiply on the face of the earth, and daughters were born unto them, that the sons of God saw the daughters of men that they were fair, and they took them wives of all which they chose. And the Lord said, My spirit shall not always strive with men, for he is also flesh, yet his days shall be a hundred and twenty years. And there were giants in the earth in those days, and also after that, when the sons of God came in unto the daughters of men, and they bare children to them, the same became mighty men, which were of old men of renown. And God saw that the wickedness of man was great in the earth, and that every imagination of the thoughts of his heart was only evil continually. And he repented the Lord that he had made man on the earth, and it grieved him in his heart. And the Lord said, I will destroy man whom I have created from the face of the earth, both man and beast and creeping thing and the fowls of the air, for I repented me that I have made them. But Noah found grace in the eyes of the Lord. These are the generations of Noah. And he goes on down and mentions those. But if you would please look at verse 13. And God said unto Noah, The end of all flesh is come before me, for the earth is filled with violence through them. And behold, I will destroy them with the earth. Make thee an ark of gopher wood. Room shall I make in the ark, and shall pitch it within and without with pitch. And this is the fashion which thou shalt make it of. The length of the ark shall be three hundred cubits, the breadth of it fifty cubits, and the height of it thirty cubits. A window shall thou make to the ark, and in the cubits shall thou finish it above, and the door of the ark shall thou set in the side thereof, with lower, second, and third stories shall thou make it. And behold, I, even I, do bring a flood of waters upon the earth to destroy all flesh, wherein is the breath of life from under heaven. And everything that is in the earth shall die. But with thee will I establish my covenant, and thou shalt come into the ark, thou and thy sons and thy wife and thy sons' wives with thee. And of every living thing of the all flesh, two of every sort shalt thou bring into the ark, to keep them alive with thee, Thou shalt be ma- they shall be male and female, of fowls after their kind, and cattle after their kind, and every creeping thing of the earth after his kind. Two of every sort shall thou come into the ark, come unto thee, to keep them alive. And take thou unto thee of all food that is eaten, and thou shalt gather it to thee, and it shall be for food for thee and for them. Thus did Noah, according to all that God commanded him, so did he. Pray with me, please. Heavenly Father, we do bow our heads before you tonight, and we ask you, dear God, to bless us of the reading of thy word, and help us to get something that will be everlasting for our own use out of it. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.
first of all, here in Genesis chapter 6, is a terrible destruction of the world pronounced in verses 6, 7, and verse 13. But, as I was reading this, God is never caught in the devil's trap. There's a principle throughout the Word of God. When it seems Satan has taken over yet, there's always a remnant according to the election of grace. That is, when the enemy shall come in like a flood, the Spirit of the Lord shall lift up a standard against him. Isaiah 59 verse 19. And so it is that we see Noah here, the trophy of God's grace. There's some things about Noah in Genesis chapter 6 we can learn from. First of all, Noah was saved by grace. Look at verse 8 of this chapter. Verse 8. But Noah found grace in the eyes of the Lord. Now we know what the word grace means. It means the same as in the New Testament of Ephesians 2, 8, 9. For by grace are you saved through faith that not yourself the gift of God. So we know grace means the unmerited favor of God. In other words, you don't deserve it. Noah did not deserve being saved by God, but he was. Noah found grace in the eyes of the Lord. Now notice something else. Uh, Noah was a righteous man. Look at verse 9. These are the generation of Noah. Noah was a just man and perfect in his generations, and Noah walked with God. And salvation by grace should always be followed by a life of good works. Notice now, first the Bible says that he was a righteous man, that he was saved by grace, and then it says he was a righteous man. What follows grace and being a righteous man is then he does good works. And Ephesians 2.10 speaks of after we're saved, we're to do good works. Now, the next thing we find about Noah's bloodline was not contaminated by the fall, uh, the, the uh, uh, fallen line of Seth or an ungodly line. Genesis chapter 6 verse 9. Notice the generation of Noah. Notice the word just here. The word just you here means right with God. In other words, when all other men were living in sin and doing that which was against God, Noah was walking and doing that which was right with God. The fourth thing we can learn here, Noah walked in godly communion with God. Verse 9 says, and Noah walked with God. Noah was obedient to the word of God. Verse 22 says, thus did Noah according to all that God commanded him, so did he. The Bible says, can two walk together? If they don't agree, the answer is you can't do it. So Noah agreed with the word of God. I'm amazed at people when they come to me with spiritual problems and they want to know a Bible answer to their problems. And you get in the Bible and you tell them, Thus saith Lord on the matter that they're speaking of, no matter what that problem is. And you give them the Word of God, the answer to it, and they, and they want to argue with God. They want to say, Well, I can't do that. Well, you're the loser then. Because God says, If you obey God, you're the winner. Amen? And it's true. And, uh, the fifth thing you find here, all of Noah's actions were the results of faith in God. Hebrews chapter 11, in verse 7 says, How can you please God without faith? You can't. You have to have faith. When a sinner gets saved by grace, 
and lives a life of reality, God will use him. And you live by faith. Noah was a preacher of righteousness in 2 Peter chapter 2, verse 5. Now notice the Bible uh, says God spared not the old world, but saved Noah the eighth person, a preacher of righteousness, bringing in the flood upon the world of the ungodly. Notice God always provides the world with a witness to himself and to warn the world of coming judgment. We're living in a terrible world right now, aren't we? I mean, you turn on the TV, you see everything in your world, and sometimes you, you look at it and you say, I wonder, is there anybody living for the Lord anymore? Yes, they are. And, and I think about it, you know, our church, and we love the Lord, and sometimes the old devil says, well, you're the only one left doing it. No, you're not. All over the world, there's churches just like this church that believe in the Bible, believe in God. God's always got a witness for Himself. And notice, if you would please, Genesis chapter 5, verse 24, if you go back there just directly, you'll find the word Enoch, like Noah, walked with God. So God always has a witness of coming judgment. In Jude, uh, if you'll turn back there just a minute, in the, the last book, just before the Revelation, in Jude uh, verse 14 and verse 15, and Enoch also, the seventh from Adam, prophesied of these sayings, Behold, the Lord cometh with ten thousand of his saints to execute judgment upon all and to convince all that are ungodly among them of all their ungodly deeds which they have ungodly committed and of all their hard speeches which ungodly sinners have spoken against him. You go through the Bible, you find all the wicked people that's lived up to here at the very end of the Bible, and you still find that God said He's got a witness of coming judgment. God, in His matchless grace, always provides a way of salvation for those that He wants to win to Himself. Now, which proves this fact. Now, notice how God saved Noah by the ark. The ark is a type or a figure of salvation. Genesis chapter 7. Look at verse 1. Genesis chapter 7 and verse 1. And the Lord said unto Noah, Come thou and all thy house in the ark, for thee have I seen righteous before me in this generation. Notice how God uses the word come with, with salvation. Now, He always says it that way. Genesis chapter 7 verse 1, God says, Come into the ark. Matthew 11 verse 28, Jesus said, Come unto me, all ye that are laboring and heavy laden, and I will give you rest. Isaiah 1 verse 8, Come now, let us reason together, saith the Lord. You know what God always says to the sinner? You come to me. God always demands you come to me. And when you come to him, he'll never turn you away. Get this, get the, uh, the typology now, or picture of salvation from Genesis chapter 6. 1 Peter chapter 3, verse 20 and verse 21 the Bible says that Noah and the eight souls that were in the ark were saved by water. Now, this is where the Church of Christ and those that believe in water baptism for salvation gets all mixed up. Because the Bible does say that eight souls were saved by water. That means if you don't get baptized, then you can't go to heaven. No, it don't. 
because the very next verse, verse 21, says, The like figure whereunto even baptism doeth now save us. Well, we know baptism don't save you, but it's a picture of the death and the burial and the resurrection of the Lord Jesus Christ. It's a picture of salvation. And simply put, baptism, as well as the flood and the ark, are like figure or types of our salvation in the risen Christ. Now, they were saved by entering the door. God told Noah in building the ark, the door, not doors, of the ark shall thou set in the side thereof. In John chapter 10 and verse 9, tells us Jesus is the door of salvation. And he's one door. Somebody says, well, there's all kinds of denominations in the world, and you believe what you want to, and I'll believe what we want to, and we'll all end up into heaven together. No, you won't, because anybody that goes outside the door can't get in. And Jesus is that door. And if you don't preach that salvation is through the Lord Jesus Christ, how are you going to get in then? You can't do it. And Jesus is the door of salvation. Noah and the eight were in a place of safety because if you read Genesis chapter 7 now and look at verse 16. Verse 16. And they that went in, went in male and female of all flesh as God commanded him, and the Lord shut him in. That's security. Amen? Somebody says, well, you can get saved, but you lose your salvation if you do something wrong. No, you can't. Because the Bible's plainly tells you here, and this is a typology of this, uh, salvation forever, and uh, what it says here, that God shut the door. Now let me ask you something. If God shut the door, who's going to open it? Nobody. If I'm saved in and I'm Christ's hand, who's going to take me out of the Lord's hand? Nobody. And so I'm saved forever. Amen? And notice something else that's type, typical here. Their salvation was threefold, these people that got into the ark. In Genesis chapter 6 now, back up and look at verse 16. A window shall thou make to the ark, and a cubit shall thou finish it above, and the door of the ark shall thou set in the side thereof, with lower, second, and third stories shall thou make it. Now I want you to watch something. Every believer is saved in a threefold way. We're saved from our past sins. We're saved from our present sin. We're saved from our future sins. In First Thessalonians chapter 5, verse 23, it tells us we are saved entirely. That is body, soul, and spirit. And so when you talk about this ark had three stories, as typical of man having body, soul, and spirit, we're saved by the grace of God from our past sins, our present sins, and our future sins. And so in reality, right now, all Christians, if you're born again by believing in the Lord Jesus Christ, you're saved forever then, from everything. There's nothing can touch me. I'm saved in a threefold manner. Body, soul, and spirit, past, present, and future sins. Then note Genesis chapter 6 and verse 14. Now watch this, please. Make thee an ark of gopher wood. Room shall thou make in the ark, and shall pitch it within and without with pitch. Now the word pitch, inside and out, this is the same word in Hebrew as atonement. And Jesus' blood is our atonement. 
the blood of Jesus Christ covers us from all sin. Those boards that he was putting in that ark, that water could come through the cracks in those boards. And they took some tar-looking stuff they call pitch, and they drove it in between those boards with a wedge where that no water could come in. That's the same as the blood of Jesus Christ covers all our sins today. There's not a sin that can get through. Jesus' blood cleanses us from them. The ark had one window. Now watch this. Where's that window at? Upward. Christians are not to look at this world, but we're to look at Christ above. Turn with me now to Colossians, and I'll show you what he's talking about. And, and a lot of, most of our problems come with when Christians start looking at things this world. Colossians chapter 3 now, and let's begin to read in verse 1. And if you then be risen with Christ, seek those things which are above, where Christ sitteth on the right hand of God. Set your affections on things above, not on things of the earth. For you are dead, and your life is hid with Christ in God. When Christ, who is alive, shall appear, then shall you also appear with him in glory. Now, that means then that Christians are to look to, to the future. When the old devil gets after us and gets us down and gets us doubting our salvation and everything else, don't look at things going on around you. Look at the future. Have somebody present the Lord, we start all over again, brand new. Amen? With a brand new body. Now, just like Noah who went through death and judgment in type, we as believers have gone through death and judgment in Christ Jesus. And Noah was the resurrection type. Noah came out of that ark to a new creation. Remember something, the flood killed everything. Everything on the face of this earth. Now, when that would happen, then everything's dead. When we die, just like Noah came out of that ark, Onto everything brand new. Brother, I got news for you. When I come out of that grave, I'm going to a brand new creation. Amen? And we'll come through death, the grave, to resurrection, and new life in Christ. One last thing in type and figure of salvation of Noah. Genesis chapter 9 now. Just turn over just a little bit to Genesis chapter 9. And I want you to look at one verse, verse 13. And I do set my bow in the cloud, and it shall be for a token of the covenant between me and the earth. Dr. Harold Siler said one time he's going to get him a sermon on the word token. You go through the Bible, if you want a real blessing, and I mean this, I could have done it. You go through the Bible and you look up the word token, and God always leaves us some little tokens behind. Just blessings. And that's what he's talking about here. And notice something. From this time on, when Noah saw a storm coming, uh, he need not fear that it would go away uh, soon. It would pass over. By faith, Noah would look at the rainbow and know God keeps His Word. Amen? Now, we as Christians look by faith at the cross. We can have the assurance we are safe from God's judgment. Why? Because judge, God judged all our sins upon the cross. You know, I don't, I don't like crosses that have Christ still hanging on them. 
I see people all the time wearing around their neck and hanging on walls and everything, and Christ still hanging on the cross. No, He's not. My one hope is that cross is empty. Amen? And Jesus died and rose again on the third day for our justification. And every time I look at the empty cross, it makes me have great hope in the future because I'm not going to die and go to no tomb. I'm going to be resurrected with Christ. That's my future hope. And when we Christians look by faith at the cross, we can have the assurance we're saved from God's judgment because God's judgment was all upon the cross of Christ Jesus. Remember something. God so loved the world, that means all the sins of the world was on Christ upon that cross. The rainbow is between heaven and earth. Genesis chapter 9 and verse 3. Every moving thing that liveth shall be meat for you, even as green herb have given you things. Now, I want you to watch this. The rainbow is six colors. Man's number, if you, if you look through the Bible... The number that represents man throughout the Word of God is the number six. Now, blended together, the six colors, the number of man, makes seven, perfection, three primary colors. Deity, God the Father, God the Son, God the Holy Spirit. Third, secondary colors, resurrection, two divisions of colors. Second person of the Trinity, Jesus. Primary colors, red, green, purple. Red is, stands for sin, suffering, and sacrifice. Green stands for life and grace. Purple stands for royalty. Secondary colors, orange, yellow, and blue. Orange is kingship. Yellow stands for death. Blue stands for heaven. When you look at the rainbow, and I saw one, I think it was just yesterday afternoon, most beautiful thing, it covered the whole sky. And I stood there and looked at it. My grandpa used to tell me all the time, so we'd be in the field working, and the rainbow would go down there. He said, son, there's a pot of gold at the end of that rainbow. And I'd run to the end of the field trying to get to that rainbow and never got there. And I thought about it a many times since I got saved. One day at the end of that rainbow, I'm going to find my pot of gold. And it's the Lord Jesus Christ. Amen. What a blessing. Every time I see that rainbow, I think of these colors and what they stand for. Orange stands for kingship. Yellow stands for death. Blue stands for heaven. My king has died for me and he's given me eternal life. And now I have heaven waiting for me. And every time I look up into that blue sky... I think about one of these days I'm going right up there where it's at. Can you imagine what all's waiting on us beyond that? Noah's life and death and coming out of that are is a type of God's grace to you and I. And every time I look at it, every time I read the story, I get all excited about it. There's one thing I've, I've thought about it many times. If you give me a diagram, if you can draw it, I can make it. You draw up something, I can go by your drawing and I can make it. Now, if you tell me just in word uh, something, you know, make it. I used to, I worked for a man. I quit after the first week working for him. I was building houses for him. And he'd come out there and he'd take his foot and he said, make it 60 feet across here 
and 40 feet across here and put me three windows in this side and three in this side and a door in front and a door in back. And I'd lay out the foundation like that and I'd start building a thing. No, the door don't go there. You move it over two feet. And the window there, you've got to move that window and I'd have to cut out the blocks and move the window. And he would never get it right. I said, I ain't working with this guy. He's a nut. You cannot build without a blueprint. And the blueprint is the Word of God. And notice what Noah said. He did everything according to the Word of God. Can you imagine building that ark? I've thought about it a many times. Worked for 120 years building that ark. And he did it just exactly according to God's blueprint. Our salvation is all according to God. Amen? He gave us the blueprint. Here it is right here. Glad I'm saved tonight, aren't you? I love to read the Bible and just go through it and type some figures. It gives me goosebumps sometimes how God ordered things in the Bible. Stand with me, please. Heavenly Father, we do thank You for Your salvation tonight. We thank You for Your precious Word. And dear God, we ask You to go with us on our way home rejoicing that we have perfect salvation in Christ Jesus. Just like that old boat that Noah made, not a drop of water came into it. And we're safe in Christ Jesus. Bless us, we pray now in Jesus' name. Amen.